Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Magic the Gathering unofficial audiobooks podcast update so Hooray! I know many of you are waiting around for the next book to start, and I'm telling you right from the jump, we will have it for you beginning next week, and not just the first opening salvo. We'll be jumping in with the preface in the first three chapters, so you will be able to blast right through the opening scenes of what is a step in the dangerous direction for this storyline. But wow, it is our last Artifact Cycle book, and I wanted to take this opportunity to once again uh, express my gratitude for all of you who have listened around the world and have made this a very important piece to my contribution to the world of Magic the Gathering. You know, from a numbers standpoint, we have far exceeded anything I could have imagined, and I'd like to continue to do that if possible. Just to give you some breakdowns, we're over 120,000 listens total. Uh, In the United States, where the majority of my listeners are, we peaked this year at number 52 on the Games Chart podcasts. And again, we just hit that again last week. In other countries, we peaked even higher. We hit number two in the Philippines, number four in Norway, Indonesia, and Russia, number five in Singapore, number six in Brazil, number nine in New Zealand, 20 in Canada, 67 in Australia, and 78 in the UK. We even broke through the games genre in those other countries and appearing in the leisure chart. So we've successfully made this a worldwide piece of magic content thanks to you. Also over on Spotify, uh, let me open it up here quick. We have over 250 ratings, and they're all five-star. 253 to be exact, five-star ratings. Blows my mind. Uh, And we have had all positive five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So You know, if you got the itch, please feel free to shower the show with praise on the review page. I'd love it. I love it. What do I, you know, why not? Uh, Secondly, whenever you are listening to this, I'm recording this here early November 2022, just along, we're closing in on the release of the Brothers War set from Wizards of the Coast. The entire, it's all been teased out and we know what all the cards are. And I don't know about you, but I've had these huge, joyous, emotional swings with the art from the set. It's something that we personally have enjoyed together, and seeing the set come to life has been like sheer joy. It's exceeded my expectations as well, and I, I, literally, I literally want all the cards. I want artwork, and I want posters to like hang up in my room, and it is what has brought us together on this journey, and so it really means a lot to me, as I'm sure it does to you, and I want to shout out Our Discord, it's been really great during this release because the pictures and conversations, it's been really fun sharing the experience with all of you. So again, I highly recommend you join the Discord, even if you're just lurking. And again, we're still small, so every contribution helps. And like I've said before, it's a a real nice place to stop in a couple of times a week, kind of see what's going on in the lore, what we're talking about. I've enjoyed it immensely, so feel free to join in too. And I could sit here and talk about how how everything looks so wonderful from the characters to the artifacts to the story coming to life in pictures, uh, how great the flavor text they use to match the artwork or really match the moments in the book, in that story. It's just like magnificent. And I I have a dream. I want to remake this Brothers War story with the card art for a YouTube channel, you know, and maybe I'll get to it someday, but the pictures with the narration, it'd be like a TV show I used to watch as a kid, this guy telling a story while the artist is drawing the scene, and when the story is being told and it ends, there's like this full zoom out of the picture detailing what was just read. That would be so entertaining to me 
uh, that I hope I get to do it at some point. Anyway, next, uh, this project couldn't continue without my patrons. Our Patreon has grown to a record. I think we're at 21 supporters now or 20 supporters, which again is also like completely unbelievable. And um, it's literally the thing that allows this to happen is I'm granted to spend time away from my family because there's a benefit to them as well, including, I don't know if I updated our, our previous goal. I saved up all the money from the Patreon and gave it to my wife for her birthday. Now she's got brand new shoes and a new wallet and reaping the benefits from this birthday gift I saved up for really from the generosity of the patrons. So to all my patrons, thank you so much. And just so you listeners know, our Patreon is entering phase two. So we're working on adding loyalty merch. So for example, if you support at a certain level for a certain amount of time, you get a t-shirt or a mug or stickers. All of this is in the planning stages, but it will soon be unveiled. I'm working on designs and art and playing around with stuff and trying to figure out how it all works because I don't really know. And it takes a lot of work to do it. But um, the loyalty rewards may also be available in like a merch shop eventually. But I prefer you just to join the Patreon. Earn the merch. How it works is more patrons sign up can unlock different available loyalty merch. Okay, so sign up. Secondly, a select few of my U.S.-based patrons will be receiving a special gift already. Uh, as you will hear in the coming episodes, we have secured our first partnership. Yes, thank you. Little clap, yeah. Uh, with another creator who makes customizable shadow box cubes, which are very cool and unique collector's items. And he's currently making an Urza and Mishra cube designed specifically to give to our patrons. And patrons who have supported over the $100 US mark will be receiving one of these. And they're up to a, they are at a $60 value. So it's a real special gift to say thank you for the support up to this point. Also, the next five patrons who hit the $100 mark will also receive one. So, to my current patrons listening, you can up your support to reach the mark faster if you want to. New patrons, if you want to support, but maybe just donate to get one, that option is also available. And obviously, this is to entice everyone to get in on supporting the show, but also supporting this partnership deal and, again, rewarding people for participating and helping this thing stay alive. Um, and that also means supporting uh, the guy who's making these customizable shadow box cubes. Again, they are like a $60 value. You can also get 10% off using the code Urza at checkout. You have to check them out, especially if you're looking for a collector's item that stands out. Again, they can be customized. And I'm guessing most of you are like into ma more than magic. Say, for instance, video games. How about old school ones? Earthbound, Zelda, Castlevania. Maybe you like anime, Akira, Avatar. Whatever your choice of content, imagine getting something specifically tailored to you. That's what these are. And you don't have to take my word for it. Honestly, check out the site. Etsy.com slash store slash apes in capes. I have a link in the show notes as well. And I promise you will not be disappointed with how cool these are. I would not make this partnership happen if I didn't think it was worth it. And they make perfect gifts. And remember, Urza at checkout for 10% off. The site again, Etsy.com slash store slash apes in capes. So please support. Uh, and last note about patrons, patrons who are listening. And if you 
want to support, help support. It means a lot and why it's important. Um, this is our next Patreon goal. And it's a doozy. I know. And it's a travel fund, once again. Not just to reunite friends. That's what we would, had hoped to do the first time around. It didn't work out because of travel restrictions here. But anyway, the travel restrictions are gone. And now this is about family, as Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious would say. Think of, a, think of that shadow box cube. It all, never mind. Anyway, as most of you know, my wife and I welcomed our daughter to the world last year. And so far, she has only met my wife's side of the family. And as we again live here in Japan, I'm very grateful that we're living in a time with video chatting and getting my daughter to see my parents and my brother and sister and their kids through the video chat. But it's time we head back to the States for a trip and give this girl the experience of grandma and grandpa in person and allowing them to give, you know, our little cutie big old hugs and kisses. You know, we've personally begun saving up, but anything and everything helps. And so if you have the ability, I'm asking you to join the Patreon, your support will be helping a grandchild meet her grandparents for the first time. How about that? And of course, I get to see my folks who I haven't seen in, well, coming up on four years. So it's a noble cause, in my opinion. My friends, it's a noble cause and one I hope you'll consider supporting. And for all my current patrons, that's where your support will be going for the next few months. And I'm very grateful. And you have an idea of what you're actually supporting. More than just the content. You get that, right? So it's a good thing. You're supporting the awesome magic lore. We're going to continue to pump out the, the episodes, the chapters, the books. Uh, we got a bit of a plan in place of how we're going to keep things running and, and going on. So uh, that's what you're supporting. You're going to receive cool stuff for your support. And you're reuniting a family. Okay? So I hope this gets some of you on board. Have a really huge year, too, with our brewery opening. Business really starting, getting a chance to shine. So our chance to visit is in March and April of 2023, and that's what we'll be shooting for. So thank you so much. It's going to be real helpful. And you know, also, if you want to see more about my journey here in Japan, I'll look into life here, into business and family here. I share a lot of that on the Patreon as well, which is, if that interests you, consider joining up. So tiers start as low as three bucks per show. So like, get in on it. Um, and lastly, okay, and this is really a reminder to myself that I know this isn't perfect. The names and places, the vocabulary, it's hard in these books, and I'm reading them along with you, so I'm doing my best. Prior to this podcast, I'd only read The Invasion Cycle, so characters, settings, happenings are all new to me as we read this together. And if any lore masters out there catch any errors, please bring them my, to my attention, and I can make changes. Um, so I, you know, this is again, apologizing in advance. If any mistakes are made, uh, apologizing in advance, if voices slightly change week in, week out, just know I'm doing my best with what I have. And I hope it engages you in the fullness of this lore. I'm very happy that you are here. I'm very humbled for the support. I'm excited to continue this journey and please tell your friends, share on social media. Let's keep building this thing together. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. Any comments, questions, concerns, reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, Phil in Sendai. I love hearing from you. Join the Discord. Support the shadow boxes. Join the Patreon. Let's do it. Keep it going.
Um, okay, and with that, if you made it this far listening to this big rant, let's get this thing started. We're going to jump right into the preface, and you'll be able to jump into chapter one next week, while the others who skipped will have to go back and listen to the preface. How do you say it? Preface? Preface? The preface. The preface. That's what we're going to do. Cheers to everyone. Enjoy. Let's go. Lauren L. Coleman, Bloodlines, Magic, The Gathering, Artifact Cycle, Book Four. Preface, The Legacy. Baron paused in the classroom's open doorway, his charitable mood fading. Barely an hour returned to the Talarian Academy, the Master Mage had decided to walk a quick tour of the main building before retiring a habit he had formed over his many years as the Academy's chief administrator. Tonight, it possessed the added benefit of giving Rain a chance to finish her own unpacking. The private apartment was not far down Scholar's Row from his own, and when she finished, he thought, they might linger over a second exchange of good nights. Seeing light spilling down the tiled hallway, Baron decided to offer assistance to what was certainly tutors up late preparing the next day's lessons. Students, of course, obeyed a strict curfew, and the Academy's full scholars rarely, if ever, required such late-night preparations. Rain was likely to be waiting for him, a slight twinge against his conscience, but he knew that in his place she would also be checking in to offer advice. Besides, adding his personal touch helped keep Baron in contact with the daily functions of the Academy. This had been, after all, his first real leave of absence. The first thing Baron noticed was that someone had punched a new door into the classroom. The rough hole in the previous complete wall stood open, not even framed, and at odds with the smooth plaster and elegant woodwork finishes put on Academy facilities. Curiosity turned slightly alarming when he recognized the room beyond contained Urza's primary laboratory. That alarm lasted mere seconds as Urza himself walked from the back room, followed by the silver golem Karn. Both of them carried books and scrolls, which they added to a growing pile surrounding the lectern. Baron frowned over the activity. His scowl deepened as he realized that Urza was too distracted to have yet noticed the mage's presence, a fact which should have been instantly registered by the planeswalker preternatural senses. A distracted Urza could be a most dangerous thing. The man standing in front of Baron was known throughout history as the Defiler of Argoth and the Harbinger of the Ice Age. Though Urza himself could not or would not admit with 100% certainty that the global catastrophe resulted from his efforts, Baron was inclined to give the planeswalker the benefit of the doubt, especially since his track record had improved since coming back to Talaria after the last major disaster. But benefit of the doubt was one thing, careless blind faith was another. The Master Mage was feeling a bit unnerved by the sight of the deeply focused Urza, as he approached the lectern, Baron recognized in the walker's intense stare and disconnected manner that same fanatical drive that motivated and created the last set of cataclysmic events. He knew that Urza was again obsessing on his own personal crusade. Phyrexia Those creatures had once been the ancient Dominarian race of the Thran, who at the height of their achievements had mastered a level of artifice unknown to anyone since, save perhaps Urza himself. Then some kind of war tore the Thran from their advanced ways and sent them 
hurtling down a darker path toward wicked corruption. They were forced to leave Dominaria for an artificially created plane, nine spheres nested inside one another, turning blacker and more torturous the closer they get to the center, and after a time, they emerged from their exile as the twisted, hideous abominations that have plagued Urza for millennia. With the loss of his brother, for the death of his one-time traveling companion Zancha, or replacing that which was human with corrupted artifice, the realm of Phyrexia had earned its place as Urza's enemy, one planeswalker against nine nested spheres of malignant, venomous force. His vendetta had nearly cost him his life, existence rather, several times over. So far, others had paid the price for him. Though obsession was doubly dangerous in a being so powerful, Baron could understand Urza's pain and nearly forgive the planeswalker his costly mistakes. Baron believed in Urza's war on Phyrexia, believed that they would return to Dominaria, had seen them with his own eyes, and that without Urza and the efforts of the Talarian Academy, there would be little in the way of stopping them. For that reason, Baron had helped create the Weatherlight, the skyship that would presumably be the ultimate weapon against the Day of Invasion. Baron always doubted the veracity of such assertions, but Urza stood adamant, convinced. If this weapon was capable of defending Dominaria from the invasion, why was Urza again demonstrating the distracted intensity which Baron had learned to recognize and fear? Karn noticed the mage's approach first. His deep-set eyes widened with recognition. The silver golem certainly would have spoken a greeting if Baron had not been prepared and spoke first. Seldom it was that Baron could take Urza by surprise, and usually he learned something from it. Never too old to be a student. I had not heard of your return, Urza. Welcome back. Urza had disappeared six months ago after helping to settle the refugees from Sarah's realm across Dominaria and returning only once with a handful of new students and three new scholars, including Rain. Urza did not bother to turn around. He simply reformed the patterns of energy which made up his body so that suddenly he faced Baron. He was obviously too preoccupied for the more subtle nuances which gave the illusion of his still being of normal mortal flesh. Baron, he greeted neutrally. I expected you back three days ago. How are you? How was your leave? Such courtesies were left as far behind the planeswalker as normal life. My chance for time away from the academy comes seldom. We, I, decided to take a few extra days at Angelwood. It's not difficult to lose track of time on Talaria. The planeswalker did not even bother to feign chagrin at the reference to the island's temporally shattered areas where time flowed at different speeds, byproducts of the catastrophic failure of Urza's earlier experiments with time travel. Angelwood was a moderate slow time environment where the enhanced sunlight and frequent but gentle rains created a paradise of lakes and shaded glades. It was a favorite among academy staff or sabbaticals, though the time differential worked against those desiring an extended term away from work. Meeting rain during his vacation had seemed to shorten it even more, the time passing so quickly in conversation and shared meals. She was a rarity in many ways, not the least of which being that she was one of perhaps a few dozen adult scholars ever admitted to Talaria. Phyrexians planted sleeper agents all over Dominaria, but always as adults, never children. Security at the academy usually demanded that new students be admitted when they were in their young teens. Senior students were promoted to tutors, and then they could advance to scholars and eventually might serve as chancellor, one of the eight academy administrators. Rain's natural talent for artifice had won her admission and instant status as a tutor. Four months later, Baron had signed papers promoting her to full scholar. It wasn't until their chance meeting at Angelwood that the mage had truly learned to appreciate her. She had long black hair that accented her delicate features, and she possessed an impressive mind and command a strong yet 
subtle presence. Baron couldn't explain such feelings to the planeswalker. Urza, Baron doubted, would not understand. Caught up in his obsession, the walker barely recognized the civilities of friendship. Not so Karn. It's good to see you again, Master Baron. The silver golem rumbled out of his cavernous chest, putting an end to the awkward pause that followed Urza's lack of response. To Baron, Karn still sounded a bit despondent. Ever since Joyra's decision to leave Talaria, the golem had been unable to hide his melancholy. Joyra had been the golem's best friend for several decades, and even though the silver man claimed to understand why she left, time did not heal his wounds. Did you enjoy Angelwood? he asked. Baron smiled, as much for Karn's courtesy as for the fond memories of the last few weeks. Very much, Karn. Thank you. Good, Urza said brusquely, because we have some hard work ahead of us, important work. He waved Karn off. I would need several new desks, Karn, and a large work table. The silver golem nodded perfunctorily to Urza, offered Baron a grim smile, then trudged off to fulfill Urza's request. So important that it could not wait for tomorrow? asked Baron, now resigning himself to a long evening. We have delayed too long already. There's a glance toward the classroom's main sketchboard, covered with a script Baron recognized as a meld of ancient Thran and the modern Argivian used at the Academy Standard. I've proceeded as far as I am able alone. Completing the legacy will require the facilities of the entire Academy if we are to have our defenses readied against the Phyrexian invasion. Urza paused, nodded as if agreeing with himself, and then turned away from Baron and the conversation. He picked up a large roll of plans and moved to the wall, unrolling and pinning them up against a fresh spongewood board. They described an apparatus of titanic size and complexity. I will annex this room until the new labs are built. He studied the plans with a critical eye. I wish I could find Sarah and ask her some more questions. Thrown off by the abrupt change of topic, Baron stared at the planeswalker for a moment, then just shook his head. New labs? he asked. Urza, why should we... The planeswalker interrupted without turning. The existing ones are fine and will certainly be utilized, but cannot accommodate the needs of the lens and matrix. So much for clarification. Urza, Baron began, but again was cut off. I know that the auxiliary lenses will capture ambient mana, Urza traced a long finger over one area of the plans he studied, filters, perhaps, to separate the mana before focusing. Urza? Filters, yes, she must have used them. Even Sarah's realm was not purely white mana. She mentioned that total purity was not possible. The question is, can the Matrix focus one source of mana in alteration of the more basic Urza? In the large open classroom designed with an ear toward acoustics, Baron's shout rang out like a thunderclap. Urza turned slowly from the board and his new plans, whatever they were for, to face the mage. The planeswalker's eyes sparked with fire, and Baron recognized them as the twin power stones over which Urza had fought his brother over three millennia ago. They surfaced in times of weakness or intensity when the planeswalker was too distracted to maintain the illusion of normal eyes. Baron possessed no doubts that this was one of the latter. The weatherlight, Baron said simply, naming the skyborne vessel the Academy had worked so hard to create a warship capable of traveling between the planes of the multiverse. The weatherlight was supposed to be your ultimate weapon. It's the core of our defense, the one thing the Phyrexians will be hard-pressed to match. Urzo smiled a bit sadly. I was overconfident, he said. The weatherlight can inspire hope with the wondrous feats already at its command, and it will hurt Phyrexia badly in limited engagements, but it will not win the war on its own. He paused, his eyes regaining their illusion of being still human. Baron, you were there, in Sarah's realm. That was one battle, and we nearly lost it. Alone, the weatherlight would have fallen. We still have work to do. He was underpowered, the mage said, playing at contrariness and defending the weatherlight to keep Urza talking. It was inadequate, Urza said with great weight, putting an end to the argument. The weatherlight is the core of the legacy, not its entirety. 
Indeed, it may buy us the time we need to complete our defense. As you once pointed out, we cannot assume I will always be present to direct the battle against Phyrexia. The Phyrexians still hunt me with their negators. Other planeswalkers present a threat as well, and there are always unforeseen occurrences. Or is it possibly alluded to the year he spent as a prisoner on Yavamaya? Fate might yet intervene, and though I tend to believe that even fate will not dare gainsay my claim to oppose this evil, I will not rely on that fact. Plans must be set down against the future to finish the weatherlight. Baron considered the weatherlight as she already sailed. The airship had fantastic speed, powerful armaments, and the ability to travel between planes. What more was there? True, Baron concentrated on magic over artifice, but in the decades he had spent with Urza, he'd picked up a feeling for the craft. The weatherlight was, in his opinion, already the ultimate artifact, with design made it to purpose. Perhaps they could add a few trappings and install some minor features. Wouldn't it be better to begin looking elsewhere for answers? When he put those thoughts into words, Urza readily disillusioned him. The weatherlight is more than any regular artifact, defined by its purpose and static in its function. It lives. As if realizing the implication of his words, he quickly amended the concept. N not as you live, of course, nor even Khan, but it shares one thing in common with you both, the ability to evolve, to grow beyond its current form and ability. The legacy will be a series of artifacts crafted over the years that can be introduced to the weatherlight at a later date. Before you ask why we did not incorporate such features into the vessel from the beginning, he said, forestalling Baron's question, it is because of time constraints and secrecy. There are features I have not even conceptualized yet that will eventually be crafted, I am sure. Even were we able to add all possible features to the ship now, its power signature would stand out like a blinding beacon, drawing Phyrexia after it. As it is, the weatherlight will be hard to track until near the moment of its final purpose. The scope of the project left Berlin nearly dumbfounded. What is that purpose? he asked, caught up in the vision and expecting now the grand revelation. Instead, Urza admitted. I don't know. Baron blinked back his surprise. Weatherlight is the grandest artifact ever conceived. Urza flapped his arms once in a very human gesture of frustration. As I envision it, the vessel will be able to evolve and do almost anything imaginable. What is that to be? Who will imagine it? When will the invasion come? Where? What will be the key to its ultimate defeat? His voice rose, its edge of frustration and frenzy cutting apart Baron's earlier confidence. Questions! Only questions! I have no answers yet! Not yet! Took a few seconds to regain control of himself. This is why the bloodlines will be so important. Again, Urza had jumped three steps ahead in his thinking, apparently assuming Baron to be gifted with sight that allowed him to peer into another's mind. Bloodlines? The Master Mage asked, doubt touching his voice as if unsure he heard correctly. It was not the kind of term to encourage confidence and peace of mind. Of course, bloodlines, Urza said, exasperated. The second half of the legacy, a human component. Haven't you been listening? We can't say for sure I'll be present for the invasion. There must be someone for the masses to follow who will understand how to beat Phyrexia. Someone who will know how to use the weatherlight in order to save Dominaria. He gestured back to the sketchboard where flowing Thran's script mingled with Argivian. Within the bloodlines, we will discover the inheritor of my legacy. And in the meantime, the project will provide us with warriors with which to stand against Phyrexia and its agents. He stepped closer to the board, his voice softening and taking on messianic tones. They will be Dominari's soldiers. One among them will be its salvation. You expect to train a successor then? The administrator within Baron took over, considering the years, decades perhaps, that it would take for Urza to even locate enough suitable candidates, especially if he wanted to form an army from such a program's detrius. 
The sheer logistics for such a limited return did not seem prudent. Not train, Rosa said, dismissing the idea with the easiest shake of head. Not as such. What I have in mind will require of a candidate too many specific traits that could never be learned, even in the time given some mortals here on Talaria. He turned from the board, fixing his hard gaze on Baron. Our new army and the heir to the legacy must be bred.